Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the Reaching the Summit podcast, our end of the season pre-Summit League tournament edition. My name is Todd Buckingham, and you can find me on Twitter at ReachSummitPod. And I'm Zach Dosh, and you can find me on Twitter at Zachary Dosh. And this is usually the spot where a third person introduces themselves, but Greg Steeman is unable to join us t- today. So you've got the uh, B team with, with, with Zach and the C team with me. But I, I think we'll, do a, we'll get through it. We'll go through the awards. We'll talk about the tournament. Um, you guys will be able to, everyone will be able to ridicule us on our picks by the time the tournament is done. And we'll kind of go from there. So, Zach, I wanted to start with the first team and and the player of the year. So the player of the year was Max Asmus. And then joining him on the first team were Rocky Cruiser of North Dakota State, Kevin O'Banner of Oral Roberts, A.J. Plitzewhite and Stanley Amude of South Dakota, and Baylor Shireman of South Dakota State. Starting with Max Asmus, any issue with him as player of the year? No, I mean... For a while there, we were kind of going back and forth, but Max just went on this tear the last three weeks that's just unprecedented. I think it moved him into the lead for the scoring championship for the entire NCAA, right? I'm I'm pretty sure he leads the whole NCAA in scoring. And so, I mean, he just, he would just not be denied. And and they just, he was playing at such a level that, you know, and I I think maybe AJ's injury played into it a little bit because he was on quite the tear too. But, uh, yeah, you know, with the way everything shook out, it just it had to be Max Asmus. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, I think he was up to forty six percent from three in this in the Summit League. So it's yeah. not he's of course he's high volume. Any guy that's scoring almost twenty five points a game is going to be high volume. But it was efficient too. It wasn't just he put up enough shots to get there. Yeah, that's a really good point because a lot of times, you know, guys that score that many points, you're right. They the percentage kind of drifts down into the 30s maybe, but I mean, he's efficient. He like his efficiency is not dropping off and he's just scoring that many points and teams are throwing all kinds of defenses at him and it, there doesn't seem to be an answer for anything. And uh, you know, it, it's interesting. He's having such a big year that he's overshadowing some of these other guys like like Kevin O'Banner and, and Stanley Amude, who are having a really big year, and and Baylor Shireman, uh, you know, a, a really good year as well. And so, um, but Max Asmus's year was just that special. It's like every time he had a huge game, and you didn't think he could get any better, he just took it to another level, and it didn't matter what anybody did against him. He he was undeniably the player of the year. Right. Well, and aver- I think he was fourth, third or fourth in the conference in assists. Uh, he just kind of did everything. It wasn't just, a, he's not just a scorer. He does a little bit of everything. He, he, how about the first team itself? Anybody you would take off the first team and put on the second team and, and who would you swap with if you did? Well, I think the, the biggest, you know, the, the one that's probably up to for debate, if you ask me is uh, Rocky cruiser and Philip Bracha. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously those guys are, are just so similar. Um, and there's uh, like we said in the last podcast, I think we should kind of clarify everything that we say here. Um, like we may say what we think, but there's probably a couple right answers. You know, right. there, there's a lot Good of it, it just kind of depends on what you value. And there's not one right or wrong thing to value. So like when I say that, like Rocky Cruiser, maybe Philip Rocha should be on the first team. It's more about the fact that Philip Rocha had an incredibly productive, incredibly consistent year. 
and it's not like I don't want to take anything away from Rocky. It's just there can only be five on there. And right. and like I probably value consistency. Uh, well, I, obviously, I value consistently consistency more than some other people. Rocky had some bigger games, but I think Philip was by far the more consistent player just week in, week out, just double doubles, you know, between 18 and 22 points per game and just right there every single time on a team that was really notoriously inconsistent. And right. so that's why it just stuck out so much to me. But on the other hand, geez, can you have a first team without an NDSU Bison? I mean, they played so well right. this year. That, that's what it was kind of like, you know. So there's just so many different ways to look at it. And uh, I don't blame anybody for how they evaluated it. But if I'd have to debate any two players, it would be probably that Rocky Cruiser, Philip Robracha point right there. Well, and on our uh, Reaching the Summit awards from, from the fans, that was the only difference. Philip was on the first team and Rocky was on the second team. And mm-hmm. personally, I would have put Philip on the first team, but I I can't argue it. Like if, yeah. if, if you, if it goes the other way, I don't think anybody got slighted. Maybe that's the way to put it. Yeah. Um, Probably 55, 45, you know, I mean, just right there. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it is a fair point. It just depends on how you look at pro season, season awards. Um, Rocky Cruiser was on North Dakota State, which was the number two seed in the in the tournament. So how mm-hmm. do you do you value that a little bit more than the person who's on the team that's the five seed? Uh, and there's no, I don't think there's a wrong answer. It just depends on how somebody looks at it. Yeah. Uh, so so since we were talking second team, the only difference, and this may be to my point I just said, where wins may factor in, the only difference from our fan awards to the league awards was uh, Sam Griesel was on our honorable mention team and um, Jace Townsend was on our second team. Mm -hmm. And if you went just strictly off of numbers, Jace Townsend, you know, had, had more scoring and, and some other areas that he was, that he's, that he was better than Sam. But again, Sam, the all around game, probably a little bit better. What do you think about the second team that included Will Carius, uh, McKissick from Kansas city? Uh, Shoot. I can't read my own writing. Wilson like Phil, from Probracha and Wilson and Sam Greasel. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I think I like that Sam Greasel's on there. I like that to me, it seems like the people that voted looked like actually watched a lot of basketball because Sam, he was, he was in probably the most unique position out of pretty much any player in the league this year, moving to point guard. You don't see guys moving to point guard, especially not six, six guys. And you know, you saw him get better every single week. And really last week, the, the the second game against South Dakota, where he's knocking down threes, I think he's a better shooter than he even gives himself credit for. I think he should shoot more. And right. he did a great job facilitating, take care of the ball. You know, his role went way beyond the box score. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy with him being on the second team. I think that's good. I, I think that's well-deserved. I mean, he was there... Week in, week out, very consistent, was asked to do a lot, was asked to really do a lot and um, and, and, and got the job done every single week. And so and, and what he did translated to wins, whereas yep. Jace Townsend, you know, that it did. It just, you know, there's a lot going on there. And, and obviously, you know, Coach Phillips isn't there anymore. And um, and I guess neither is Jace Townsend, as he's now in the transfer portal, uh, as well as a couple other of his teammates. Yeah, and Sam so, Hines, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that situation just kind of went sideways. And so um, I think it's good that the voters prioritized 
the activities that would lead towards wins rather than just volume stats. Right. Uh, so on the honorable mention, so I suppose you could also call it the third team. You have Josiah Alec of Kansas City, Xavier Fuller of South Dakota, Matt Pyle of Omaha, Marlon Ruffin of Omaha, and Jace Townsend of Denver. Mm-hmm. Seems like a pretty good finish to that group of 16 to me. Yeah, pretty solid group there. Um, you know, the only one that I kind of have in my mind, you know, I think Tyree Eady. I think, no, you know, again, you, you talk about those players that make just a lot of winning plays that don't show up in the box score. Tyree Eady is just another one of those guys. I mean, he, they, they couldn't take him off the floor for the third seed in the conference, you know. And so um, I, I think that was, uh, you know, probably a tough call. But, you know, again, it's then you have to take one of these guys off. Which one do you take off? You know, I mean. It, right. Marlon Ruffin did miss a good amount of time. They had some games canceled, things like that. His his uh, body of work is definitely much smaller. Uh, that's not obviously his fault, though. So y- you probably don't want to hold that against him. Um, so I don't know. It's it's tough. It's it's fun to debate it, but uh, you know, I, I I would think Tyree Tyree Eady is, was be one of those guys that's right there too. So right. So on to some of the other awards and I honestly, I'll, I'll name off all four of them and then you can, can talk about them, but I'll, I'll give a quick snippet myself. I don't know that many of these were up for much debate on these four awards and they were defensive player of the, the year, Brandon McKissick from Kansas city, which he also won in the whack when Kansas city was there and was all league defense. Another time six man of the year, Grant Nelson of North Dakota state. Uh, newcomer of the year, A.J. Plitzawhite, who was probably second in uh, Player of the Year honors, so certainly not shocking that he won newcomer. And Coach Todd Lee. Yeah. Any, anything to add on any of those? Yeah, you know, um, you know Brandon McKissick, uh, you know, the only knock would be just availability, but again, that's not necessarily something that he can, can, can control. Defensive player this year, I thought it was really tricky. Uh, it, it wasn't like in the years past where there were statistical outliers, but I uh, can't argue with it. Sixth man of the year, Grant Nelson. You know, he doesn't necessarily always have the best stats, but man, when he's in the game, he impacts it. And that's exactly what you want out of the sixth man. You want to feel his presence out there, whether it's on the defensive end or knocking down threes or dunking the ball. You know, he had, he always had a big impact on the game, you know, an impact beyond the box score, too. Right. You know, freshman of the year, Tyree Ianacho, you know, again, what, what, what he was able to do statistically and also what they asked of him. Uh, and his growth throughout the year, just really impressive. I think that's a no-brainer. You know, new, newcomer of the year, A.J. Plitzawhite, it, it was one of those things. I was so focused on him being the – whether he was going to be the player of the year that right. it never kind of dawned on me that he was also the newcomer. I, was, I, was, I actually had to think about the newcomer of the year for a while. I'm like, wait a second. I think A.J. actually qualifies. And yeah, obviously, if he qualifies, he's a no-brainer. So, right. um, yeah, yeah and, then, and then coach of the year, I, I think that's an absolute uh, no-brainer. I'd be surprised if that wasn't unanimous, too, just because all that he had to pull together this year right. um, w- with a brand-new group and with everything they ran into in the preseason and just how much they improved from the start to now is it, just impressive. And he did a fantastic job. Well, and I'm not sure if it was unanimous with uh, – with the summit league awards, but with our 15 fans that voted, it was unanimous. It was one of those where I was putting together the the numbers. And after mm-hmm. like the seventh person, I'm like, I'm wasting my time. I should just start <laughs> yeah. writing this down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, uh, uh, and I, that was a no brainer. It was funny. Cause when I did the mid season awards, it was kind of a, a debate 
on on who it would be. And I, as the season went on and they started playing some of the top teams in the summit and holding their own, it wasn't mm-hmm. a debate anymore. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny about like we, we kept talking like two, three weeks out. We're like, boy, how are we going to pick a player of the year? How are we going to pick some of these awards? It's so close right. and it changes every week. But then right at the end, the things really seem to kind of become much more clear and right. uh, and, and more undeniable. So uh, I appreciate that. It made our decisions a lot easier rather than, uh, you know, maybe it, it would have made for a little better debate. But, you know, it's good. You want to give it to the people that are most deserving. And, you know, the, some of these guys just really played fantastic down the stretch. Well, and think about that. It wasn't even a debate. When you think of Kevin O'Banner, who averaged 19 and 10 while being over 50% from the field and 50% from three during Mm -hmm. Summit League play, and then what A.J. Plitzaway did, that really player of the year wasn't a hard pick considering some of the competition. Baylor Scheinman doing a little bit of everything for South Dakota State. It. It just, it's pretty hard when the guy's the the leading scorer in all of the NCAA to 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 not take notice, I suppose. But yeah, there's well, four solid options there, four solid options, yeah. and that's not even including the guy that won the award last year. So right. That, that, that returned, right. and that's that's usually doesn't happen. And so, um, pretty cool. But uh, it, it's kind of funny how it just all sort of took nice, uh, neat shape right at the end, and uh, with a bow on it. Exactly. Well, so we are two days away from tipping off with, I believe, South Dakota State and Omaha are the first game on Saturday at 545. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do was just spend some time going through the first round matchups, what we think is going to happen, why we think it's going to happen, and then we'll expand from there. So we'll take, if we have a disagreement, we'll we'll let it be uh, Zach's bracket and we'll move on with the team that you pick. Um, Yeah. And then uh, we'll just kind of say what we think would happen. Or maybe even I could say, well, I picked this team and and uh, mm-hmm. here's what I think will happen second round. But we'll get to a champion. And then by the end of uh, next Tuesday, uh, both of us will be horribly wrong, more than likely, because that's what happens in tournaments. And yep. if anybody has seen any of the last round of the Horizon League tournament where three of the four games went into the went into overtime, one into triple overtime, and one was a a uh, 24 point game with six minutes left in the team down 24 one. You just never know what's going to happen in these tournaments. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things that like, we love this stuff because it's so unpredictable and it's so entertaining, but we also love trying to predict it when we, right. part of the reason that we like it is because it's so unpredictable. And so, right. yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll throw a prediction out there, be wrong and, and have fun with it. And we'll be exactly. wrong with everybody else. So. Every time I've done a NCAA tournament bracket, I'm like, oh, I am going to rake in the money. And then by uh, Friday afternoon, yep. I'm going, well, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I should never watch basketball again. So yep. um, that's just the way it goes. So we'll start with the 1-8 matchup, which is South Dakota State, uh, who a couple of weeks ago, it didn't look like they'd be the one, but they sure find their way. And they're taking on Omaha, who after losing a bunch of players looked like they wouldn't be the eight and they found their way into the eight. What do you think happens with South Dakota state and Omaha? Well, I think, I think Omaha showed a lot of credit just salvaging what they could and, and uh, making it to the tournament. Um, It sounds like to me that pretty much nobody is coming back uh, in terms of the the players that were out. I don't Hmm. think they're going to be available for this game. Right. No. Uh, Yeah. So that, that just, it puts them, just a too big of a disadvantage, you know, my, my guess is, you know, maybe it's a game for the first half, but in the second half, you know, South Dakota state, it's just, there's just, 
way too much talent there. You know, you got to think that South Dakota State moves on, and you know Omaha, they battle it out, but uh, it's just it's just not going to be enough. Right. Yeah, I have to agree. Omaha's down to six scholarship players, and let's be honest, it wasn't the greatest team before they lost all those players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but guys like Ao Akinwale and Matt Pyle just gutted it out and found a way, and it mm-hmm. sure shows you what veteran players can do for your team. Mm-hmm. But down to six scholarship players. I'm fully aware of, of South Dakota state's adventures in the first round of the tournament at different times, Mm -hmm. but this isn't a Western Illinois team that, that maybe had some coaching in the way of some pretty talented players that got hot in the game and, and beat them last second. This is a team really short on players. So I just don't see a way that South Dakota, South Dakota state isn't moving on. Yeah, in a way, it's it's good to see South Dakota State truly rewarded for getting that one seed. You know, yeah. a lot of times you paddle all regular season and it's just like, well, is there a huge advantage? You're playing on a neutral court right. and, you know, right. maybe against somebody. I mean, they found out the hard way the last couple of times and it's like you don't feel like you're rewarded enough for all that you do during the regular season. But this this feels like, you know, I mean, that's the reality with where Omaha is right now is is it's unquestioned. It's, it's the easiest game in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, good coach, two good players that we mentioned, but there yeah. are some guys out there that just weren't they weren't expecting to play. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. It, yeah. That's just they just kind of they had a lot of bad luck this year, and that's part of it too. And uh, right. but that's just the way it goes. So, so on to the four-five matchup that would play South Dakota State. Uh, you've got Oral Roberts, who had two players in, on the first team, uh, taking on North Dakota. The four-five matchup. What do you think happens, Zach? Oh man, <laughs> I'm either going to say, Oh, Roberts is going to lose this game or they're going to win the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you said that what, like two weeks ago too. Yeah. Um, man, I think, I think North Dakota, I think they're going to be ready to go and they're yeah. healthy and they're, they split down in, in, uh, in Oral Roberts' place when the whole Deshaun Allen Eikens thing was kind of going sideways and they were sort of out of sorts and they still split because they match up fairly well. Like, they, UND matches up fairly well with Oral Roberts. They don't match up with everybody well, but they actually match up with Oral Roberts fairly well. Man. I'll say it. I, I think UND is going to win this one. Okay. Uh, that's... uh. Boy, it, you know, clock will strike midnight on midcourt max. And boy, am I going <laughs> to, this one's going to be all over my face. But just to have a little fun with it here, uh, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with UND here. Well, and you, you kind of mentioned it midcourt max, max Acemas. I, I want to pick North Dakota because yeah. I don't trust Oral Roberts. I just yeah. don't. But he might be a guy like, yeah that special a player uh a stanley amude going for 41 in the uh in the dakota showcase like yeah. max ace miss uh, even though they lost at the buzzer against south dakota when when aj bef- before aj plitzway was injured like they'd go down and you'd think here it is same old oral roberts and they'd fight back yeah. and then they were a good look from max ace miss away from possibly being the one seed in this mm-hmm. tournament, um, which mm-hmm. is how crazy. I mean, you know, there's like a half game separating one and four. So mm-hmm. you, you, you want to talk about important, the one seed in it, it absolutely was, 
but or mm-hmm. Roberts going it, missing that three at the buzzer might cost them in the first round. And then if it doesn't cost them in the first round, they have to play South Dakota state in the second. Yeah. And, and they feel like a team that if, uh, if they get on a little bit of a roll, like I wouldn't want to be, I'd rather be South Dakota state playing them in the second round than the third, because yeah. once they start to get confident, I, I I've said it all year. They're the least likely of the top four teams to win the tournament, the summit league tournament, but the most likely to go in as a 14 seed and yeah. beat a three. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just because they're that talented. And now I don't, with the injury of, to Plitz I'm not sure Oral Roberts is the least likely of the four to make it to the championship, but mm-hmm. I am actually going to go with North Dakota as well. I, I, I think, yeah, I think Oral Roberts is either, I think they're either going to lose this first game or win the whole tournament. I think those yeah. are the two salute. Cause like if they, if they handle North Dakota and they do a pretty good job against them and you're right, they get rolling. I mean, that's the thing about shooters when they get confidence and they get rolling boy, one game into the next, into the next. Um, and it's, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for them. And it's, uh, yeah, I they they could easily get hot, um, but yeah, I you know I, I just I, I think about Tyree Inacho and like he he has grown a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I think about one guy that's most physically able to guard Max Hastings, you know, uh, one maybe Brandon McKissick, I guess. Um, but Tyree Inacho, he has the size and athleticism. You know, he's not always locked in. He's not always locked in defensively, but there are times when he locks in defensively and he's like, Oh man, this is a six, four, very athletic guard. And he's, he's a lot longer than Max Aismas and he's more athletic than Max Aismas. And you're not going to shut Max Aismas down, but if you slow him down, like, what does it look like when Max Aismas has 25 points? You know, I mean, Kevin O'Banner, he, I think Kevin O'Banner is going to be able to score on Phil Perbracha too, but I also think Phil Perbracha is going to be able to score on Kevin O'Banner. And so there's just something about coach Sather and the way he gets his teams to play, like the way they build throughout the course of the year and him in tournaments is just, it's, it's special. It's special. And, um, you know, part of it is me banking on the fact that coach Sather does this, has done this at his other stops and everything. And the other thought is, man, can, can Max really do this for a fifth and sixth and seventh game in a row? get like for you know like mid 30s like it's taking that much to win these games and what happens if he has a little hiccup and only scores 26 you know right. i don't know um it, it, it there is definitely a and i get it it was at a different level but it wasn't last year for coach sather it was at this yeah. level and they got it to the championship game and we have the I don't want to say the opposite it's not like oral roberts has been the one or two seed and not made it to the championship game but they just mm-hmm. haven't capitalized in the tournament setting um what i would love to see is something just way outside the box and nate clover a freshman who barely played just bangs against philip robracha for 25 minutes gets his four fouls and kevin o'banner gets to just go do his thing Uh, but coach mills has always been the guy you kind of just he does what he does it's his team there's trust and and all of that and i don't see that wrinkle coming and i i this this is a challenging game for them. It's the worst draw for mm-hmm. them out of first round matchups. They, they even Kansas city who, who certainly plays defense and, and can keep it close. I don't see beating Oral Roberts in the first round, but North Dakota, I just, yeah. And then that I'll preface it again. 
Max Aismas might be one of those that special a guy that yeah. it, that will prove us completely wrong. But I'm going to go with North Dakota also. Yeah, it's just it's one it's it's kind of a double edged sword because you have Max Aismas who can easily put a team on his back and win any game, and that would not surprise anybody. But if you start to fall in love with that, does that ultimately lead to the most consistent results over the course of a game of, you know, of a loser out game of a, of a tournament? You know, it, it's probably a high risk, high reward proposition, um, but it's who they are at this point. They're not going to change anything. You're right. That, that, that's just not what they do. And uh, they're going to roll it out there. And if he gets hot, they're going to win. If he doesn't, they're going to lose. Yeah, and, and I'm sure Coach Mills is listening to this, finding out what the guy who once coached seventh grade girls basketball thinks he should do. But, uh, um, but uh, yeah, a wrinkle would be one of my favorite things if I saw that from Oral Roberts this first round because yeah. it just isn't what they usually do. But, yeah, and it's just like, what are you going to do, actually take the ball out of Max Asimus's hands? Like, that's not right. a great coaching move either. So. True, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so the 2-7 matchup, we've got South Dakota taking on Western Illinois. Uh, South Dakota, last day of the of the year, uh, lost to North Dakota State and therefore lost the number one seed and gets a little bit of a tricky matchup as a, as a reward for that, not to mention losing A.J. Plitzewhite uh, for the season. What do you think happens in that 2-7 matchup? It's a tough one too, man. Mm-hmm. Um You know, Will Carius is probably a pretty good matchup for Stanley Amude. Again, he's not going to shut down Stanley Amude, but he has the physical traits that can, like, slow him down, and so he doesn't get 40 points. I think for South Dakota to win, it's going to be one of those, like, mid-30-point games out of Stanley Amude. I don't think they can win if he scores 20, you know? Right. Um, so, boy, this is... I. I got to think South Dakota gets it done. Um, but I, I do not feel good about that, at, that, that pick at all. Um, right. Yeah. It, so uh, I actually think Western Illinois wins this game. Yeah. Curious has been playing so well. It, not much of an athlete. I don't think you can call slow pitch softball with your church, much of athletic endeavor, but uh, <laughs> the, Losing AJ Plitzewhite, how does that not matter? How does that not even? I, it matters on the court, of course, but how does it not matter just in the deflating nature of it? And I was impressed in the first half against North Dakota State in that second game. They really came out motivated, and then the second half, it just got away from them. Yeah. And I'm one, wondering if that's going to just. And Western is one of those weird teams that when they start getting going, they can do some surprising things. Mm-hmm. So it, if, if Stanley, same uh, conversation as Max Aismas, if, if Stanley Amude does what Stanley Amude can do sometimes that then it's South Dakota, but he mm-hmm. also kind of did that against North Dakota state, a much better team, but it just, are the other guys ready to step up when they need yeah. to now at this point in the season? Yeah. The well, question. yeah, you're almost kind of talking me into it because I think I think we saw exactly what you're talking about in that second game against NDSU. Look, they're going to come out there and try to do it for AJ, and they're going to try to do it for Stanley, and they're going to be emotional, and they're going to play like their hair is on fire for that first half, you know. But eventually, it's going to catch up with them that they are just they're missing their leader. 
They're missing the tone setter that you cannot replace. And there's a lot of points. There's a lot of assists. AJ made everybody better around him. It's not just replacing one thing. It's replacing 10 things. And that's not going to come from another player. And I could see them having a great first half and then it just tailing away, tailing away, tailing away. And then, you know, Western wins at the end. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I could easily see that happening, man. I could, I could easily, we could easily see two upsets in the first half in the first round. Well, and, and preview to uh, next year's uh, breakouts and preseason first, second, third team. Uh, Ramin Hinton is going to be a player. And he's mm-hmm. starting to get some confidence. He still does freshman things. I, mm-hmm. I remember watching games where I'm, you know, they've got a play written and then he does a turnaround three point uh, mm-hmm. attempt. And, mm-hmm. and then sometimes they go, th- these weird things go in. The, the guy's going to be a player. He's starting to gain confidence. It's mm-hmm. not just Will Carius scoring the ball now. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it'll be really interesting. So, what we'll do with our second round, we'll predict both these teams against whoever we think is going to win the 3 6 matchup. I think that's mm-hmm. the the best way to look at it. So three, six, we've got North Dakota state against Kansas city. <laughs> does, does it reach 50 points a team? And who do you think wins? Well, I mean, we, they split in the regular season, you right. know, and honestly, I thought, I thought NDSU was going to handle Kansas city. Like I thought, because NDSU just has a bunch of really strong athletic guys that do what they do and don't really care what the defense is doing. I thought they were just going to shoot a million free throws yeah. um, versus Kansas city, but Kansas city did a great job. And obviously the game was at their place and everything like that and got a split. So, I mean, um, but I, I do think I like this. I like what I'm really seeing out of Sam Greasel. I, I, I think he's, he, we're seeing an uptick. I think he's getting more confidence. I think his confidence is starting to match his skill set in terms of scoring. I think, you know, initially kind of gotten that that mindset where he's like, okay, I'm a point guard. I need to get everybody else the ball. And he does that, and it, he does a good job of that, and the ball gets to where it needs to pretty much every possession. But it's like sometimes you're being selfish by being so unselfish, you know? Like <laughs> you're almost kind of hurting your team by passing up shots when you can knock them down. And it just puts that much more pressure on the defense. And that seems to be kind of what's happening because it, if I had one concern about NDSU, it's the lack of – a guy that you can just throw the ball to and, and get a bucket like Vinny Shahid was last year. You need that sometimes. Right. And NDSU has to work really hard for every bucket they get. But I think all their guys are becoming a little bit more aggressive. And I like that. I, I mm. think that's good. I think NDSU really needed that. And I think that's going to allow them to carry them through this game. Um, I, I do think they handle Kansas city. Yeah, I, I do too. I think they win. I, I, I think they there is no such thing as really winning easily against Kansas City, although mm-hmm. South Dakota State did a little bit uh, last weekend. I, I think there was a little bit of a blueprint from South Dakota State there. They hammered yep. Kansas City down down low. Yep. And outside of Jos- Josiah Alec, if Arkel Lamar, which I have no idea if he can play or not this weekend, if he can't play, can't, there's, Kansas City can't win this game, in my opinion. It yeah. just... They they will compete. They're, they're, Brandon McKissick is a real good player. Josiah Alec is a really good player, but they are very limited offensively after that. If Arkel Lamar is not in the lineup, yeah. I mean, what happens if NDSU rolls with that Nelson and Cruiser lineup for a little bit longer? You know, right. I mean, 
it's they're just gonna just hammer them down below. And and like I said, NDSU is shooting the ball better, so that's gonna put Kansas City in a tough spot. And I yeah, I think NDSU gets in there. Yeah, it, I mean, I'll give Marvin Nesbitt credit because he will battle down there, as will oh, yeah. McKissick. Everybody will, but yeah. you can't make up six inches. Yeah, and at some point, just... I mean, yeah, exactly. You stick with it for the whole game. Eventually, the six ten athletic guy is going to win out over the six five guy, and you know whether it's rebounding or it's shooting free throws or what have you, it's just it's it just doesn't quite add up over the long haul. Right. Okay, on to round two. We've got South Dakota State taking on North Dakota with our, our second round matchup as I kept mm-hmm. trying to go back to picking Oral Roberts after I didn't, but we'll stick mm-hmm. with North Dakota. What do you think happens between South Dakota State and North Dakota? Um, I I think South Dakota State gets them. Um, I love the fact that South Dakota State's playing through Douglas Wilson now. I, I think that's a really, I think uh, Phil Fabraccia has a hard time, as everybody does. Everybody in the the conference has a hard time with Douglas Wilson, but um, if South Dakota state just chooses to hammer UND in the post um, and surround them with shooters, I think they're rounding into shape. Uh, I, I think, you know, the whole Friedel situation happened just early enough for them to find their identity post that. And it's Douglas Wilson. And I think that's serving them well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I South Dakota State is playing so well and I'm beginning to come to the conclusion with them that unless they have to face Oral Roberts, they're in pretty darn good shape. Mm-hmm. Uh for the entire tournament, not just the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. Um they're they're really playing good basketball. If Oral Roberts finds around way in round 1 and everybody on Twitter can tell me when this happens the other way, I actually think Oral Roberts beats them. I, I think if Oral Roberts can beat beat uh, North Dakota in round one, they're, they they've got. The, I actually think South Dakota State has some problems guarding Max more than North Dakota does, and uh, and even O'Banner, like the going in and out, yeah. he's he's just really a problem. Um, yeah. So I I think if Oral Roberts makes it, I think they actually sneak past South Dakota State here. But I, I think South Dakota State takes care of North Dakota. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, it's that same thing, you know, Oral Roberts losing in the first round and winning this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, boy, I mean, how fun would that be to see Kevin O'Banner and Douglas Wilson battle it out and, you know, South Dakota State trying to figure out who to guard Max Aismas with. Right. And uh, you're you're right. I mean, South Dakota State does struggle with these good point guards, whether it's A.J. Plitzowite or Max Aismas. They they haven't shown that they do a great job with that. Um, and you're right. It's, it's, these games are not necessarily about how good these teams are. It's just about the matchups. Right. And, and Oral Roberts just matches up. It's, they're just a very difficult matchup for South Dakota state. Right. Yeah. And of course we'll pick South Dakota state and North Dakota state at the end of this thing. And it'll be North Dakota taking on Kansas city or something. Yeah. Um, Cause that's just how these things go, which would the only cool part about that would be, it would break the streak of North Dakota state and South Dakota state, which is just somebody different is fun. For me. I was going to say that. Yeah. What is it? It's 10 straight years that yes. North Dakota State or South yep. Dakota State has made yep. the, the conference, the, the NCAA tournament. Unbelievable. Which, which is not shocking to finish first and second, but it is shocking that nobody has won the tournament in that long other than the two of them. Like the, yeah. you never know what's going to look at the Dakota showcase. All sorts mm-hmm. of different things happen between teams. You wouldn't necessarily think would beat each other. Yeah, it, it is pretty amazing. One fluky situation where guys get in foul trouble or something like that, you know, and uh, right. 
But no, it just hasn't. They just had an absolute stranglehold on it. And then in our second semifinal, we've got North Dakota State. We each picked a different team. So we'll start with South Dakota. Who do you think wins between North Dakota State and South Dakota? Um, I, I think North Dakota State does. Um, I, I think, you know, if that's the matchup that's out there, I, I think, you know, Kansas City, Western Illinois, and South Dakota, that's about the best case scenario for North Dakota State. I, I think I think they match up really well with all those teams. And um, I, I, I think they get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting thing is you say that like as South Dakota state's looking at this, you know, the round one matchup is nice, Mm -hmm. but I, I, I would imagine they wouldn't have been that sad. Well, they would have had to hit North Dakota state, but if they had Mm -hmm. been the three seed and found their way to get to the championship game without having to face either North Dakota state or oral Roberts, I I think they would have taken that. Yeah. And obviously what's skewing things here is the fact that AJ puts lights out and South Dakota is not like a, like a true number two, you know? And so that's where North Dakota state is really catching a break here. Yeah. You know, cause if they have AJ puts a white boy, phew, yep. you know that. Yeah. And but. in fact, I want to clarify just like you did, because I hadn't always been a South Dakota believer as, mm-hmm. as the season was going on. And I don't mm-hmm. think that was unfair. Like it, we just didn't know what we had. And AJ puts wasn't always the player he was in the second half mm-hmm. of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I'm was absolutely a believer. I thought they could win this tournament until he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's not that I don't, and coach Lee is not the coach of the year for by accident. So yeah. I'm not even saying it can't happen. It just, I just don't mm-hmm. think it's. Too. Yeah. Um, and then North Dakota state and Western Illinois, same result. You think I, I do. I, I think, you know, again, I think North Dakota state matches up really well with, with Western Illinois, you know, and will carry us and, and those guys, I I think, you know, North Dakota State has two or three guys that they could throw at Will Carius, and um, it, I, I just think North Dakota State's um, just their their steadiness and their consistency, like that can kind of I can see that I can see Western Illinois getting frustrated with that, it, you know, if it's Western, you know, and so um, I, again, I think North Dakota State is in a good situation here. Yep. Yeah, it's it's funny because we've talked all year about does North Dakota State have the guy, and Western Illinois sort of does in Carius, but mm. North Dakota State has three the guys, and yeah. really after Carius, Western just doesn't have Cam Camberell's a really nice player who works his mm. butt off, makes makes plays. I don't even know what happened to Rod Johnson, who was kind of the number two guy there. Tamel Pearson, you know, he can put a double 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 up. He's a decent player. Yeah, uh, but there's just not. Nobody else in that roster would be the fourth or fifth guy for North Dakota State necessarily. And so it, it's really kind of curious carrying them on his own and, and versus three really high quality veteran players. Yeah, I could see. I, I, I think Terrell Pearson, I think he would really struggle guarding Rocky Cruiser. I, mm-hmm. I, I think he, he kind of struggles to move his feet at times. Um, I could see Tyree Eady just, just taking Will Carius and just making things really difficult on him. And then, you know, I could see Sam Greasel posting up Colton Sandage and just having a really hard time with that. Um, and just sticking with that and hammering at it and hammering at it. And yeah, you know, at the end it gets to be a, you know, 10, 15 point game. So, so here we are at the end with the, the, the super exciting, well, it's a one, three matchup. We did a little bit of a, yeah. Uh, upset um south dakota state taking on north dakota state which would mean year 11 or or what have you of one of those two teams 
making it to the NCAA tournament or in last year's case, punching their ticket and then it never happened. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think happens between those two teams? You know, it's, it's, if you look at just the matchups, um, boy, the, the thing about the way the NDSU approaches the game, it, it, it's really interesting. Like they'll let Douglas Wilson score 30 points before they help off of him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, it's it's uh, it takes a lot of courage to do that, um, but it ends up being the right uh, the right decision more times than not. Um, they've done that. It's almost kind of like a rope a dope thing, um, but that's just what they choose to do. Gosh, boy, this is a hard one. Um, I want to say South Dakota State, but something's just making me hesitate here. Um, I, I like the angle of not helping off and and having the right game plan against them. Yeah, I mean, because I mean that, that that's really where when South Dakota State gets going is when they start knocking down threes. To me, right. that's the biggest key. Yeah, right. I mean, if if Douglas Wilson goes crazy, has thirty in the post, you know, um, it, yeah, Sherman has fifteen, what have you, things like that. I just, uh, yeah, I'm almost yeah. thinking NDSU gets it done again. Okay, um, boy, that's that is a really tough one. You know. it, it is really tough. Um, yeah. and, and I'll actually go the other way so that we, mm-hmm. uh, Luke, Luke Apple's emergence yeah. makes a yeah. difference here a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, now Grant Nelson is going to be a special player and we could be saying by as early as next year, when we announce the end of the season awards, or you'd be talking about second team, all conference Grant Nelson or what have you, it'll mm-hmm. be a weird year because people can come back. So who knows what mm-hmm. rosters will look like, but, um, but he's a, Luke Apple's built a little different than Grant Nelson or and, yeah. and, and anyone else that would guard him if it isn't Rocky. He could really give them a problem if if they let him go left. Um, well, you so, said yeah. it, him going left. I mean, the scouting report has to be out there now. Right. That you have to make him go to his left shoulder instead of his right shoulder every single time. Like, like literally just sit on that right shoulder I gotta believe it's out there, especially right. a guy like Grant Nelson, who's gonna have a couple inches on him and has tremendous timing. True. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I it. Uh, I'm just trying to think through all the different, you know, the the other the other themes, like the fact that South Dakota State kind of getting a little revenge from last year, and or is it North Dakota State wanting to actually play in the tournament now that they got robbed of last year, and so right. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I have a, a confidence of about six out of 10 that NDSU would win that game. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we've talked all this about Oral Roberts winning the whole thing, if South Dakota somehow makes it to the championship game, there's some sort of weird destiny thing going on that yeah. of course you can't quantify in any sort of statistic, but yeah. if they get there and they're, they're going to be on some sort of weird role that I could see them winning the whole thing too. Like yeah, there another could lose in the first round or could win the whole thing just out of this for AJ. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. Maybe that sounds dumb, but I, it just feels like if they get all the way to the championship, there's something special going on. It, that's not too. something to be overlooked. You know, I mean, it's motion is a big part of the game and you put a a team in between winning and their off season and things happen. You know, I, I mean, how fun would it be to see 
I mean, we talked about four of these players that could have easily won the, the conference player of the year, and obviously AJ's out, but you substitute in Douglas Wilson. And just to see one of these players just go on like this Kemba Walker, Walker run through the tournament and just average like 35 points a game and make the NCAA tournament or something, like something just really special right. like that would be so fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we ended up split on who would win, one having South Dakota State and one having North Dakota State. And then we, we did enough prefacing that we think, well, this team could win. We did enough of that. Um, so we could still say, well, but we also said, so yeah. maybe we should do a quick little why Kansas City could win and yet, yeah, you know, or whatever. But uh, so we could never be wrong. But That's my strategy. Uh, it, just, just predict everything. Right. Yes. Yep. 30 seconds of predicting everything means we're going to be right. Um, yep. And then, then we just get to play back the clip that we said the right thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so we'll probably wrap it up with that. We've, we've got the tournament preview. It's, it's going to be exciting. Um, we've got the bracket challenge for those of you that don't follow on Twitter, find a way to get on Twitter. Um, we're doing a bracket challenge where you pick the bracket, send me a direct message at reach summit pod on, on Twitter. Uh, the winner will get you a, a sweatshirt just for something fun to do. Um, predict the tournament. See if you di did well. We're predicting the winners and the margin of victory. To Otherwise, we figured there might be a little too many ties uh, with only six games to predict. But uh, so, yeah, and uh, keep the conversation going on Twitter. We're excited about the tournament and we're the, the best part for us is getting to spend the time chatting with all of you. That is by far the most fun part of the whole thing. So please keep that up. Yeah, we, uh, you know, obviously if we were all at the tournament, this would be a different story and we'd, we'd have a lot of fun with it. Um, this year we can just sort of finish it out having a lot of fun on Twitter. And then next year, looking forward to everybody being down there. Yeah. Yeah. Next year we might have to have our own reaching the summit podcast, like little section where everybody oh, just hangs out and, uh, and, yep. and we finally get to meet each other in person without masks. It'll be a year from now. Well, we can't guarantee there won't be masks. You never know when those things will go away. But, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, it, we should be back in person next year, and it'll be a heck of a lot of fun. But it doesn't mean we can't have fun with this year's tournament as well. It should so it's be a heck of a tournament. Absolutely. So with that, we'll wrap it up, Zach, and I will uh, talk to you again soon. Yep.